From Upstate Medical University, I'm Amber Smith. This is HealthLink on Air. The Clark Burn Center is a six-bed intensive care unit at Upstate that serves more than 40 counties surrounding Syracuse. The burn team cares for both adults and children, and last year treated 308 patients. Tamara Roberts is the burn program manager, and she's here with me today to talk about caring for patients who have been burned. Welcome, Tamara. Thank you. So tell me about um, some of the types of patients that you see on the burn unit. Well, we, over the years, um, every year there's about 486,000 people who are burned. And that's nationally. And that's nationally. And then of those, there's about 40,000 that are hospitalized. So serious enough that they need med- hospitalization. Yes. Um, and what we typically see are uh, flame injuries, scald burns, mm-hmm. contact burns, uh, like touching a stove or maybe they've fallen into a fire and they use their hands to push back up. And touching a stove burn could end up being severe enough to need hospitalization? Yes, because especially with your young children and your older adults, they have much thinner tissue, so they end up with more severe burns that end up being second and third degree that may need grafting. Wow. So. Um, those end up being the much more severe cases. We also see electrical burns. We get uh, chemical burns. We also um, see frostbite in the wintertime. That's um, just like a burn? Yeah, it's just like a burn. And we treat them much the same as a burn. And then there's also uh, medications that can cause what we call Steven Johnson syndrome which is where your skin reacts to the medication, and it really replicates a burn. So they're treated in the burn center as well, and it can progress to what we call TENS, which is it involves the whole entire body. Wow. So uh, some of these burns are severe in in the recovery. I mean, people are in the hospital for a long time. Yeah, they can be in the hospital anywhere from a couple days to a few months. But with burns, they're the most painful injuries that a human body can um, have happen to them. And it's a lifelong thing that a person has to go through. It's both uh, physically and emotionally uh, traumatizing to the survivors who have endured a burn injury. It's not something that you can just fix and it goes away. There's things that have to happen throughout their life and it continues throughout. Wow. Well, let me back you up. You said the most like physically painful. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Because your skin is what protects your body. And when you damage the skin, you're affecting all of those nerves. And when you affect those nerves, it is extremely painful. And the larger the burn area, the more painful it is. And it's, it sets off an inflammatory response in the body, which also progresses the pain wow. for these patients. Um, are these patients able to take pain medicine or is there topical? I mean, how do you treat the pain? Well, with the pain, it's going to vary with the patients. A lot of times we use IV pain medications, but there's a lot of um, other things that go along with it. And sometimes we have to involve our um, pain team as well so that the pain is managed properly. We can't always take away all of the pain, but our goal is to make them as comfortable as possible. Okay. Well, tell me about some of the treatment that takes place in the hospital for a burn patient? When the patients first come in, 
we have to clean the areas to see and assess what the damage is. And it typically takes 24 to 48 hours for a burn to really show us how deep it is going to really? be. Because the cells continue to die even after we've stopped that burning process. So we will do daily cleanings with these patients to the burned areas. And what's a cleaning and like? Cleanings are going to depend on um, the patient's wounds. Sometimes we use uh, bedside cleansing with special chlorohexidine soaps and soft soaps and sometimes we were using hydrotherapy and we're in the process of building a new shower room right now that will um, we'll be able to take them into the room and give them uh, showers right on a nice table and provide dressings right there for them okay so you hydrotherapy using water to, yes in the clean okay and to clean it yep okay all right and that happens Daily? Daily. Okay. Yep, until they go to surgery. If they have to have surgery, once they go to surgery and they have those wounds debrided, which is where we take off all that dead tissue, then it'll be three to five days from that point. We'll assess the areas and the graphs and see at that point what type of treatment they need from there. If they're going to need some autografting, which is taking their own skin and applying it to those burned areas. So they would find skin in a place elsewhere on the body that they could transplant to the burned area? To the burned area, yes. But you have to have a a healthy spot where the burned area is before you can put that skin on. And sometimes that takes a couple of weeks before we can get that burned area viable enough to put their own skin on. So sometimes we have to put on what we call xenograft, which is um, pig skin. And we put that on there to to be a protectant for that area. uh, Temporary? Yes, it's very temporary. It's removed uh, when they go back to surgery and then their own skin is applied to that area. So depending on the the type of burn, a patient might undergo multiple surgeries. Unfortunately, yes. If they have larger surface areas that are burned, then they may have multiple surgeries. And then even after they've been discharged, sometimes they have to come back and have uh, releases of contractures and um, some reconstructive surgeries. We just recently received a laser that was purchased, and that is offered as an outpatient service. And that can be done um, under general or local anesthesia. And that allows um, some softening of the scar tissue. It reduces itching that we get with the scar tissue. It releases contractures. And it's actually allowed for some people that weren't allowed able to sleep on one side to be able to sleep on their other sides now. And it's uh, very beneficial to them. And it's done over six-week intervals. And it's done until they reach the desired uh, stage that they want to be at. Well, you mentioned that it's a lifelong issue to deal with once you've survived burns. Yeah. Um, Because once they're discharged from the hospital, they will go through rehabilitation, occupational and physical therapy. They have to follow up in clinic. They have to wear pressure garments so that they don't get buildup of keloids in their skin. And the garments are typically worn for about a year. And you can't go directly out in the sun because your skin is so sensitive. And it's also traumatic for some people. So they may experience PTSD and are unable to sleep. And they may be scarred 
and they have difficult times dealing with that. So that's why we offer a support group at the Oasis. It's once a month, the first Thursday of the month from 5 to 7. Survivors and their family members can come. And it's just a time where they can get together and talk about the different things that they're going through and how they've dealt with it and learn different ways to deal and cope with things. And um, it's, it's just really good that they're able to communicate with somebody that's gone through that and experienced what they've gone through. And it's, it's very beneficial to them. This is Upstate's HealthLink on Air. I'm your host, Amber Smith, talking with Tamara Roberts, a nurse who's the program manager in the Clark Burn Center at Upstate. And you mentioned the Burn Survivor Support Group. I wanted to talk about some of that and some other activities that the Burn team is involved in outside of the hospital care that's provided. So the support group... Um, You've also got a camp for children that have been burned? Um, there is a camp that's offered once a year. It's up in Lowellville that um, the CNY Burn, or the Found, Burn Foundation of Central New York has um, offered to send victims or, excuse me, survivors of burns to. And it's a time when children can get together and be who they are, and be around other people that have gone through what they have gone through. And our foundation here at Upstate works with their foundation, and we get the children together, and they are able to go up to that camp once a year. Neat, neat. Now, um, you've also mentioned there's a training program that you're involved in? We are starting to do a peer support program, which is where we will be um, getting survivors and family members trained professionally so that they can offer support to inpatient while they're in the hospital yes so they can learn okay yeah it'll provide support while they're in the hospital because a lot of times the nurses are so busy with the care that's got to be provided and and they don't have all that time to provide that emotional and physical and social support that's needed so those survivors will be able to come in and, and provide that support to those people. I can imagine if you're a family member or a friend of someone who's been burned you wouldn't necessarily know what to do to help them you know what would be helpful so yeah it's it's very often that they don't know how to respond they don't know what to say they don't know what's going to be happening in the future so they have lots of questions and uh just looking for resources and, and what to do. Okay. Now, um, there's also some training going on at Fort Drum? Yes, we offer uh, training at Fort Drum four times a year. It's our Advanced Burn Life Support class, and that's where uh, myself and Dr. Dolanak, who is our medical director, Dr. King, and a few of the others are going up there, and we provide advanced burn life support education to the soldiers hmm. so that if they're out in the field, they're able to provide They'll that. They'll know what to do. Yeah. Neat. Well, that's advanced burn life support. I was going to ask you for your um, advice for what people can do if, if they sustain a burn in their home. or If they get burned in their home, the first thing you want to do is stop the burn. You want to use cool water and you want to do that immediately. Now, is that for any type of burn? For pretty much any type okay. of burn. You want to use cool water just to stop that burn. You don't want to use ice or ice-cold water because that actually will 
um, cause a more severe burn, just cool or, or Do you want it to water. be um, moving water like from a faucet or water like in a tub? You would, you would prefer moving water, but you're going to do what Take you can what you find. have, okay. Yeah, yeah. Right. anything you can find to cool it down. But an ice chest would be more damaging than it would be? Yes, because that would actually um, progress the burn and make it more severe. Your first instinct is to put ice on it to yeah. stop that burning, but it actually will progress a burn. And I've heard uh, old wives' tales, maybe. Um, butter? Yeah, butter is, is long out. gone. No? That was okay. an old wives' tale that the grandmothers used to put butter on the burns and it would make it better. Um, okay. It doesn't, doesn't work. Well, how do you know if a burn needs to be um, seen by a medical professional? If you have a burn that is in a specialized area such as your hands or your feet and it's really dark red and it's very painful and there's blisters that are open and weeping, you're probably going to want to get it looked at. Okay. If there's any kind of infection looking area... Or if you have a burn and it looks white, because that's actually a very deep third-degree burn that you're going to want to get looked at. Wow, no matter how small an area that would yeah. be if it's white. Okay. And they may just have you follow up in our clinic, but it's better to have it looked at than to not. Okay. What about um, sunburns? Do you ever see sunburns that are so severe that they have to be treated? I've had a couple of people who have come in with sunburns. Sunburns are typically like a first-degree burn, and those are just going to heal on their own and go away. Some, it may be painful. And it may, may be painful, okay. but it, it'll, it will heal and be fine. But I've seen where people have been on medications, and they fell asleep in the sun, and they come out, and they're purple, and okay. they have their skin just slough off from it. So you want to be really careful. Make sure you're wearing your sunscreen when you're out. And also wear sunglasses because you can also burn your, your eyes, eyes and cause damage. Huh. Huh. Well, we hear about, um, you know, the house fires and the people injured in house fires and things. Those make headlines. Are there other types of burns that you commonly see that maybe don't make the headlines? Smoking and oxygen. Smoking we, with an oxygen tank? Yes. Or? You should never light a cigarette near an oxygen tank and we get multiple patients who are smoking on oxygen because wow. when you light a lighter it ignites the oxygen and it's the gases that cause an explosion wow so you really just don't if you have oxygen in the house do not want to be uh, smoking Okay. Well, good advice. My guest has been Burn Program Manager Tamara Roberts. I'm Amber Smith for Upstate's podcast and talk show, HealthLink on Air.